Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. I was reminded this morning that today is Ascension Sunday. And remember, 40 days after Easter, Christ arose. It was this past week, so this is the Sunday that churches that celebrate that, that's uh, on the calendar. And um, in the passage in Acts chapter 1 came to his mind. Why are you standing around? Go home. And that is my prayer for today. And for that to happen, I need to get off the IV antibiotics, switch to the medication orally, blood tests and so on, and, and um, go home. So we'll pray for Dan and Barb as they uh, prepare to go home and, and continue his mission work. And we have missionaries we're supporting all over the world and every continent. And we are thankful for that. And I thought about this passage that he referred to. And it was after Jesus rose from the dead, and he spent 40, I'm sure, 40 glorious days with his disciples. 40 glorious days teaching them and ministering to them and sharing with them. And uh, it came time uh, for, for him to leave. And he said to them, stay here in Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. We talked about this on Easter Sunday. And they were standing there looking intently, staring up in the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them on the ground and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And the implication, of course, is do what he said. Get back to work. You can't stand here staring into heaven forever. He will come back. But until he does, go back. And they did. They went back to Jerusalem. They looked around and said, we have to replace Judas. And they replaced Judas. And the next story is the story of Pentecost, which is Pentecost Sunday's next Sunday, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh, on them as they prepared for that Jerusalem, that Jewish church in Jerusalem, and began their ministry. And those men became bold and encouraged and changed their world because they quit staring into heaven and they went back. As we come to the communion table today, our topic really today was We've been talking about disciplines, the discipline of service and serving. And I'm not going to give a sermon on that. Just, just let me give you a couple of thoughts, big thoughts, general thoughts about that. And it reminds me, as we come to the communion table, of the Apostle Paul and his ministry. When the Apostle Paul was saved or converted, if you will, on the road to Damascus, and after he saw that blinding light and was thrown to the ground, and, uh, and, and, and he heard the voice from heaven, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. It's interesting, on the road to Damascus, he wasn't told what was going to happen. I wonder what he thought. 
Whenever he thought, okay, I'm going to Damascus, and boy, am I going to get it. You know, I've been persecuting the church, and, it's, and it's, he was the Messiah. He was the one we were waiting for, and I've been killing people and imprisoning people, and go to Damascus, and you wait there and see what's going to happen. And he does. And before he gets there, God calls a man named Ananias. And he said to him, Ananias, go to the house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. And of course, Ananias reminds the Lord, uh, wait a minute, you know who you're talking about, right? Saul of Tarsus. And, and the Lord says, go. And here's his commission. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and of the people of Israel. I, and here's his commission. Here's his commission. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. His call to service wasn't, and he will be so successful. People are going to love him. People are going to affirm him in his ministry. No, I'm going to show him all he must suffer for my name. And Paul was faithful to that call. Like the other apostles, every one of those apostles, as far as we know, was martyred, gave their life for their work and for the Lord Jesus Christ. I read you a few weeks ago from Paul's farewell sermon in Acts chapter 20 to the elders at Ephesus. And he said, In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's interesting. Those words are never recorded in the Gospels. They're not in the Gospels, but they're obviously a strong tradition everybody knew about. And he said, as you know, our Lord said, it is more blessed to serve, it is more blessed to give than it is to get. And that was Paul's motivation. He loved the Lord, and his motivation was to give, not to get. And when he is arrested, and he stands before the Roman authorities the first time, he said to them, you, you know, the God of our ancestors called me, and he says, this is what I was told. I was told, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to, and to see the righteous one, to hear words from his mouth. You will be witness to all people of what you have heard. He goes on to say that the Lord said, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And as you read this passage, it was exactly that. When he said that, when he said, I was sent to the Gentiles, that the meeting broke up and they said, this man doesn't deserve to live. Nobody would say that. Nobody would say, I'm going to take the message of the one true God of Israel to pagans and Gentiles in the name of Jesus Christ. And he, and he was arrested and, he was, and his life was on the line. And then he comes before the Roman authorities again. And as he speaks before them, and King Agrippa, he recounts his story. And he said, I, I, he said, I heard the voice of, of God say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me on the road to Damascus? I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And he recounts once again this call that, that I'm going to send you to the Gentiles to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so they may receive forgiveness for sins. So then, King Agrippa, he dares, he dares to face the Roman governor and say, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and all Judea, and then to the Gentiles, I preach they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. King Agrippa, I was not disobedient. I fulfilled my calling. 
John read from Philippians. And it's interesting, as we, before we receive communion today, that this was a passage that was on my mind today, uh, too, as I thought about this. But the Apostle Paul, in the context of what, of what um, he, he just said here, and what he said, and what he told us, the Apostle Paul uh, says to these people, and he tells them, he tells them in Philipp- Philippians chapter 1, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. He was in prison. For two years, he was held in house arrest. And it says in Acts, he preached to all who came. He was in prison. It was house arrest, but he was under arrest. And he said, listen, brothers, what happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, these chains, most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. And he goes on and shares the passage that John read to us today. As we come to communion today, and our topic is the discipline of service, I just want to say this, friends. If you know Christ as Savior today, go back to, to where it started. Go back to where it started. Maybe you were a child. Maybe you were an adult. Maybe it was last year, last month. Go back to where it started for you. What did God call you to? What has God called you to? Are you being faithful? Are we standing, looking up into heaven and just waiting for something good to happen for for God to come back? Or do we need to hear the voice? Does God need to send the angel next to me and stand next to me and say, Jim, uh, why are you staring into heaven? You know what you were called to. And in, in in the history and tradition of the apostles, as the apostle Paul said, I was not disobedient. I did it. And he suffered every day. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was whipped. He was thrown in jail. He caused riots every place he went. I must show him all the things he must suffer. And then Paul had to make a decision. Well, in that case, Lord, um, here am I, send Aaron. You know? No. He went. He went. And I just want to ask today as we come and share communion together, brothers and sisters, let's remind ourselves. When it started for you, what did God call you to? And are we moving that direction? Are we fulfilling what God has called us to do? Or are we standing, staring into heaven, waiting for something good to happen when God wants us instead to take the next step? And even in the midst of difficulty, cancer, suffering, hardship, bad relationships, is it possible that God is using those things for his good, as the Apostle Paul recognized? I'm going to invite our elders to come forward. A tradition in our church is that the elders serve you communion. They do that because they are the shepherds of this flock. It's not just because of tradition. It's because they are the shepherds of this flock along with me and Pastor Gary and Kevin and Susie. And uh, they want to serve you today.
So they're going to serve you, first of all, the bread. If you'll just hold the bread for a moment, and then when they return, we will share and eat the bread together. Thank you, Gary. Rachel, for those words. We take this bread this morning as a reminder that our Lord Jesus Christ, the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it, and he said, Take ye, this is my body which is given for you. Our Lord Jesus Christ gave his life. He came to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And as we eat this bread together, we commit ourselves that we are here to give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever he has called you. Your calling is different than mine. That wherever he has called you, he has given your call to serve him. Let's eat the bread and hold the moment of quiet prayer afterward. Father, we will never, of course, understand the price that was paid, that your body was broken, abused, nails in your hands and in his feet, spear in his side. But it was for our sins, for our salvation, because you chose to love us. And we give you thanks today. Thank you, Amanda. We get to have Amanda here for about a month before she gets married, and then she's going to move to Florida. You sure? Okay. All right. <laughs> she and Dan. And then Nikki's going to be back here for her brother's wedding, and then she's going to get married in Michigan. Pastor Kevin will be going back and doing that wedding, and then she's going to stay in Michigan. You sure? Okay. <laughs> and we get to share our ministry around the world, so uh, that's a privilege. This cup represents the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's just grape juice, but it's a reminder to us. It's a reminder to us as we worship together, and I like to think as we do this that uh, we share this with brothers and sisters all over the world who in all sorts of different circumstances, uh, some in abject poverty, some in great wealth, some in freedom, some in intense persecution, the very life at stake, uh, share this cup and this bread. And we share this today as a reminder that our Lord Jesus Christ took that cup, the third cup of the Passover, and said, this is, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. And as often as we eat this bread and drink this blood, Paul says, uh, we remember the Lord's death until he returns. And I'd like to ask you after you drink it, if you would just hold your cup for a moment of quiet and silent prayer, let's drink together. Father, we do, as the Apostle Paul commanded, remember in this ceremony the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the price paid for my sin that I might have eternal life and be accepted in the Beloved. And the same for each person here who has received Christ as Savior. But we also meet on the first day of the week which is Resurrection Sunday. And we meet to celebrate with joy and thanksgiving the victory of life over death. And Father, I thank you today that we are not going to get eternal life. We have eternal life right now. And for that, we give you thanks, a thankful people today.
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today. Uh, as I mentioned, I had a chance to see Elisa today and uh, I had a chance to see her twice in the hospital because I was gone last week. And as reminded, last time I saw her here at church, she was serving in the kitchen for our senior luncheon because that's what she likes to do. She likes to serve. And I'm praying and looking forward to the day uh, that she'll be back in that kitchen. And that'll be a wonderful day uh, to have her back serving with us. Appreciated uh, John and Terry today and his words as a reminder to us that as he is preparing to retire, I think you heard as I did pretty clearly, that doesn't mean he's retiring from serving the Lord. I think until they both are no longer breathing, they will be serving the Lord. They are going to finish well. John, thank you for that testimony. Terry, thank you for that testimony, because we need that to be reminded that God wants us to finish well. You know, when I went back to Michigan last week, a few days before I left, I went to see our brother Ken Jones. Ken's, I think, 96 He's been bedridden for quite some time now, uh, some memory loss, um, but great World War II B-24 pilot, veteran. Um, and and, and as, I was, as I was leaving, his daughter Barb, as we were talking, Barb says, you know, like I said, he's, he's just so pleasant. She said, he's so sweet. He's so thankful for our help. They're there with him all the time. And he said, she said, you know, uh, he said to me not too long ago, he said, you know, and this happens quite often, I don't know why God has me here still. Why, why does he have me here just lying in bed? I can't, I'm useless, I can't do anything, I can't, everybody has to wait on me, I can't do anything. And then he said, you know, I finally, I finally figured it out, it came to me. God wants me here to pray. God wants me here to pray. And that's why I'm here. And so I want to ask you today, why are you here? Why are you still here? I don't care how old you are. Why are you here? What does God have for you? And are you willing to pay any price, to bear any burden, to go and do what God wants you to do? We've gathered here for this last hour, maybe a couple hours, we came to Sunday school, to gaze into heaven. Now it's time to go back on earth and do what God has called you to do. Will you do it? Father, we thank you for the challenge from your word, encouragement from your word, the blessing of worshiping you. And Father, we are here for a reason. What a wonderful reason to think that we have a part in the most important work, your work, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our apartments, in our homes, on the job, sport field, wherever it be, we have your work to do. Might we with the Apostle Paul be able to say, I did not shrink back from the calling that you gave to me. In Christ's wonderful name, all God's people can say together, Amen. Amen.